0: have a uh, digital copy on the mill church dot i just realized my mic was off and it flew me for an entire loop aren't you glad that jesus is the god of second chances i pushed the mute button and nothing happened sorry guys at any rate did you hear anything that i just said you still heard it wow well good awesome so here's the, uh, the deal. If you have a smartphone at any time during the service, you can go to the mill.church welcome, and there's a digital version of the welcome card there, the mill.church welcome. So fill out a welcome card. We'd love to have a record of your attendance tonight. And again, we hope that you have a very Merry Christmas and that your time with your family is both meaningful and memorable. Just out of curiosity, let's take a poll tonight How many of you had your Christmas shopping done by Thanksgiving? Raise your hand. By Thanksgiving. Not a single individual. Two of you. Three, four. Let's give these folks a hand. That's a pretty major accomplishment. By Thanksgiving. How many of you would say, I didn't have it all done at Thanksgiving, but I have it done now. By tonight, by Christmas Eve. Very good. Some of that that brought smiles to your faces. You're glad that's over with. How many of you would say, you know, I'm going to wait until Mary's water broke. That's about the time uh, that I start shopping for Christmas presents. Okay. Here's another uh, polling question. How many of you are heretics and open Christmas presents on Christmas Eve? Raise your hand. Oh, no. Look at this. How many of you wait until the real day, Christmas Day, The day our Savior is born. About half and half. Okay. All right. How many of you love Hallmark movies? Raise your hand. Oh, that's embarrassing. Put your hand. Wyatt, put your hand down. (laughs) Son, my goodness. How many of you think Die Hard qualifies as a Christmas movie? Raise your hand. Yes. All right. Love it. You're my people. Okay. Okay. Last, I have a question for the kids. How many of you kids are expecting this year to be the best Christmas ever? Ever. All right, most of you. So, kids, turn to your parents right now and tell them say, make it happen, folks. All right, good job. All right, hey, we're glad you're here tonight on Christmas Eve. What a wonderful occasion. This is one of our favorite services of the year. In the video that we just watched moments ago, we heard the Christmas story being read to us from two accounts uh, the the biblical account of Matthew chapter 1 and the biblical account of Luke chapter 2. They were mixed together beautifully in that video. I think you would agree. that there were lots of people that the angelic choir uh, could have chosen to appear to on the very first Christmas Eve. They could have appeared in the luxurious palace of King Herod, the acting king of Israel at the time. They could have appeared in Rome, the capital of the known world. At the time to announce the coming of the baby Jesus, the King of all kings, they could have appeared on the or at the uh, high priest chambers in the temple in Jerusalem to say, "Hey, he's coming. you better get ready." And that's not where they appeared. In fact, they chose to announce the coming of Jesus Christ to earth, God. In heaven, becoming man to a bunch of unnamed, illiterate, lower class guys who had the profession of being shepherds. And don't miss what the angel said in this unnamed field. We don't have the location, the place. Don't miss what the angels said in this unknown part of Israel. They said, peace on earth to the people. Do you remember what was said in the video we watched? Who God favors. Peace on earth to the people that God favors. Now, isn't that a curious choice Of words. Let me ask you this. Based on who they chose to appear to, who is it that God favors? Well, He favors shepherds. Who are shepherds? The shepherds may be cute and quaint in your nativity, at your home. But shepherding was the lowest form of labor available in ancient Israel. Shepherding was the ultimate expression of the unskilled in ancient Israel. Shepherding was entry level. Shepherding was a job for teens. Shepherding was a job for migrant workers. If as a Jewish adult you were at a Christmas party, you would not say... Hey, my son's a shepherd. Why? Because you wouldn't be proud of that. You would think that your son is failing at life. It'd be as if you would say today, Hey, my son's 25 and still sleeps in Star Wars sheets. And wakes up and plays video games all day. That's what my son does today. So what does it say To you about those whom God favors being that they were shepherds. I want to give you four categories of people that God favors tonight. Here's the first one. Jesus favors the poor. Jesus favors the poor. In sending shepherds the message from the angels, God was declaring, I see you I see you in your circumstance I care about you where you are if you are struggling tonight financially please understand that your poverty is not a sign that God does not care about you your poverty is not a sign that God has forsaken you Your poverty is not a sign that you are second class. Your poverty is not a sign that you will always be poor. No, God has something for you. It's why he chose to appear to shepherds. God wants to bless you. God wants to use your life for good. And that begins by giving you something even better than, believe it or not, money. Jesus actually taught that the abundant life is not first and foremost about houses or riches or cars or success, but about what? About knowing God. That is what it means to live an abundant life. And so, ironically, Jesus said, if you'll remember, the poor are actually in better condition to receive salvation. Why are the poor in better condition to receive salvation? Because their hands aren't already full of so much wealth and dreams that they don't find themselves able to yearn for God. So if you're down on your luck this Christmas, God can offer you something better than money. God can offer himself. And by the way, the Mill Church would love to know about your physical needs as well, and we would love to help you. And so if you're in a very difficult place, don't leave tonight without telling us about the place that you're in. We would love to help you. Even more importantly, though, we can offer you the assurance that heaven and all of its riches are yours and that God will begin working in your life for good today. And use it as a blessing to others today. God favors the poor. Secondly, God favors those whose lives are messy. I don't know if you noticed, but the shepherds didn't have their stuff together. They didn't graduate at the top of their classes. Nobody looked at the shepherds as exemplary citizens. Nobody came to the shepherds for advice. They were people whose lives had gone off the rails. And yet God desired them and God announced to them the coming of his son. And maybe you feel like this Christmas Eve that everybody around you has it together, but you. All of your neighbors have it together, but you don't. Your life, your careers, your relationships, your addictions are a proverbial mess. You have an Instagram presence, but deep down you know that that's not even you. That's not the real you. Please understand that Jesus favors you tonight, not the Instagram version of you. The real you. And Jesus, the Messiah, isn't that something? That even in the word Messiah is embedded the word mess. So if your life is a mess tonight, The Messiah came for you. Jesus uh, was called in Isaiah. Help me say this. The wonderful what? The wonderful counselor. Now, even the name itself, Wonderful Counselor, shows us that Jesus came for people with mess. With problems. Because people without problems don't go to counselors. So... Nobody goes to a counselor and says, hey, everything in my life is absolutely perfect. I just thought it would be cool to give you an hour and a half of my time and $150. Nobody says that. A counselor is for people who feel lost. For people who feel disoriented. For people who feel overwhelmed. With what? With their mess. With their problems. So if you have problems here tonight jesus the wonderful counselor came for you the name wonderful counselor literally means a reliable guide someone who leads from a place of authority in other words jesus the wonderful counselor isn't just here to walk alongside you and pat your head and say "There, there it's going to be okay rather jesus has authority over your problems He can guide you through the darkness because he himself endured the darkness. He can lead you through the valley of the shadow of death because he's been through death and back again. The next statement may be the most obvious statement you've ever heard in a church, but I want to remind you that every miracle that Jesus ever did started with somebody else's problem. It's not just that Jesus showed up and did random magic tricks. Has anybody ever seen that? I mean, he didn't just say, hey, watch this. I'm going to levitate six inches off the ground. Are you ready? He didn't say, hey, watch this. I'm going to guess your weight within a half pound. Okay? Jesus didn't do anything like that. What did Jesus do? He healed people who were blind. And he healed lepers. And he... Calm storms and he multiplied food. These are people's real problems, right? And so, if you're here tonight and, and you've got problems, Jesus came to save you. And if you're here tonight and you don't have any problems, maybe you should come up afterward for prayer and we'll ask God to give you some problems so you can experience the wonderful counselor. Because he's wonderful. Jesus came for those whose lives are messy. Number three, Jesus favors the forgotten. The shepherds, they felt forgotten by society, even by their families. Parents didn't, again, they didn't brag about their son, shepherds. These people were invisible to society, and yet God favored them. Maybe you feel that way this Christmas. Forgotten by your family. Overlooked. Maybe you're watching this Christmas Eve service at home. Because you were disinvited to the family get together. Uninvited to a place where everybody else is mingling and spending time. The good news is that of all the people to whom God could have sent the angelic choir that evening, He chose... The forgotten. If you are forgotten tonight, Jesus cares about you. It's as if God was saying very loudly, very demonstrably, I see you in your forgottenness. The writer of Psalm 139, during a a time in which he felt forgotten, wrestled with the wonder of all this. Listen to his words. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, oh Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind before you lay your hand on me. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me before there even was a single one. Regular attender or or complete first time. Guess, are you aware that God saw you in your mother's womb before she was even aware that she was pregnant? He knew what day you would be born. He knew what day you'll die. God knows. None of this is a surprise to him. He fashioned you According to his specific design and purpose. The psalmist continued. How precious to me are your thoughts. Oh God how vast is the sum of them. If I would count them. They are more than the sand of the sea. Do you know how many grains of sand are in a cup. A standard cup. 250 milliliters. Two million. Two million. Can you imagine somebody having two million thoughts about you? Can you imagine having two million thoughts about anybody? This is the mind of God. Do you ever ache inside just longing to be special to somebody? Do you yearn tonight to matter to someone This is how God thinks of you. You matter to Jesus. Number four. Last one. Jesus favors the guilty. Were the shepherds more guilty than anybody else in society? No, they're not. Then why are we talking about them being guilty? Because the Bible says in Romans 3 that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The shepherds were guilty. Just like the cardinals of Rome, just like Billy Graham, just like the most noble person you know, we're all guilty. Even the best of us, when we are held up to the light of the glory of God, are consumed by sin. The Bible says even our righteousness is as filthy rags. When compared to the holiness of God. And to those of you who are guilty today. That's all of us. To you the angel said. Unto you. Is born. This day in the city of David. A savior. Not a teacher. Not a guru. Not a life coach. Not a therapist. But a savior. Who is Christ. The Lord. That. Is why Jesus came. The essence of Jesus' life was not his teaching. The essence of Jesus' life was not his healing. Good as all of it was, the essence of Jesus' life was his substitution. Jesus lived the life that we ought to have lived. Jesus died the death that we ought to have died. So the gospel tonight on Christmas Eve is not good advice the gospel is good news the gospel isn't good advice a good advice on what you should do when you leave or what you should start doing on January 1st or what you should start doing when you compelled feel compelled to do something in 2022 the gospel is good news of what god has already done in sending jesus how did the shepherds, shepherds respond? I'll share this in conclusion. Verse 15 of Luke 2. When the angels had left. And returned to heaven. The shepherds said to one another. Let's go straight to Bethlehem. Let's see what happened. Which the Lord has made known to us. And they hurried off. And they found both Mary and Joseph and the baby. Who was lying in the manger. And after seeing them. They reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned glorifying, praising God for all the things they'd seen and heard. Which were just as they had been told. Only two responses were appropriate for the shepherds. They received the news. They received the news, the good news, that Jesus had come to save them. And they worshipped. Salvation, as I said to you earlier, is a gift. Some of you are going to leave here tonight and you're going to open gifts with family members. In that way, it's like any other gift in the sense that you have to receive it. You have to unwrap it. You can't just leave it with your name on it under the tree. And what I've tried to show you here tonight is that there is this big incredible gift here with your name on it. It has your name on it. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And if you choose to respond as the shepherds did, and if you choose to receive it, if you choose to have the gift for yourself, the gift that is the forgiveness of sins, and eternity in heaven with Jesus, if you choose to surrender your life to him and ask him to save you, he will. He will.